Live from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! What's up, pals? Welcome to our brand new show, The Riverdale Review, where every week uh, a couple of the pals are going to get together and talk about the latest episode of the CW's classic show, Riverdale. With me, oh, I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, and uh, today I've got Marco from the Comics Pals and what Andy up? from the Video Game Pals with me today. What's up? Uh, welcome to the very first episode of the Riverdale Pals. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the second, the the second best show without a fill. <laughs> it's the second, but wait, so what are the first two? Well, the the only oh, other show the we have is just the Video Game Pals. Well, he's not on Pals Play either. Oh, all right. Hey, Where yeah. does this rank? I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you to decide, listeners. All right, you're going to let us know in the comments below where this ranks on our overall canon here. But uh, so, all right, so we're going to do this the way we do all of our regular review shows, basically um, only a little shorter because we're going to be doing this every week. But uh, basically, we're going to give you guys our spoiler free thoughts on the episode. Um, and then we'll jump into full spoilers for the episode, so if you haven't seen it, you can get our general impressions before you check it out. If you have, stick around and you can get, you know, the full discussion. Um, but we will let you know when it's time to jump out before the spoilers, so no worries on that one. Um, so who wants to kick it off? It was good. <laughs> Is that, that's it? That's your spoiler free? <laughs> no, like, it I liked good. it. It fixed, <laughs> honestly, what I thought was the legit biggest problem and the I'm gonna shitpost biggest problem. <laughs> okay. It figured out how to do Archie right, which is really important for an Archie show. I completely agree. I think this was the first time in a long time where I was, like, with Archie emotionally for the whole episode. Yeah, like, towards the end of the season, he started getting there, but it definitely felt like they couldn't figure out how to do Archie in like david lynch twin peaks version of riverdale that riverdale is <laughs> and i they got archie right which was really important and also jughead finally ate a cheeseburger in an episode <laughs> which is the character arc we've been waiting for that's the most pure relationship <laughs> in all of fiction is jughead jones and cheeseburgers so. <laughs> you know i i was gonna i was gonna disagree with you when you said they finally got archie right um, they got Archie right for the Riverdale show, but he's not my, my comics Archie. Yeah, they're two totally yeah. different characters for sure. Um, but yeah, I think um, in the context of this show, I think they finally figured out how to present him in a way that makes sense. Yeah, makes him at least, like, may, you resonate with him emotionally at least. And I think I, like, understood for the first time, like, why people are, like, so there for him you know and like it didn't mm -hmm. feel like more out of just like oh they know him and whatever it's like i i got i felt the relationship between him and like not just the immediate cast but kind of like the broader community of riverdale yeah and i remember that was one of my big complaints um when we did the our review of season one is that like he felt very passive as a character and in this one it was just very much like him it was very much an archie episode yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is like the first really good, truly Archie episode. You yeah. Know? Yeah, which is like, you know, it's, the season two premiere is probably not the earliest you should have that, but whatever. <laughs> and they got there, right? Like, <laughs> I thought made it, it was like least. really telling too in the um, previously on. Like, I don't know if you guys watched that or just went right in. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, the like previously on Riverdale segment had so little Archie in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a great point. Because, <laughs> like, here's all these things that happened around Archie. Yeah, and I think that is very much kind of, like, the thesis statement of season one. Is, yeah. like, Archie's this regular kid and interesting things happen around him. And Jughead's great. Yeah, right. Every other character <laughs> is, lo- like, lovable. And Archie's yeah. just kind of there and their friend. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's best friend, Archie, for some reason. Archie Comics presents Archie, but as a supporting character. Which, I guess when you really think about it, it's funny, because that's kind of core to the original Archie, is, like, that was very much his character trait. Like, Archie's kind of just, like, a regular hapless jackass who's just, like, exceptional for no reason. (laughs) That's fair. But they usually don't try and put regular hapless jackass Archie at the middle of, like, a film noir. Hey, we got it's whatever. I'm I'm glad it worked yeah. out. Um, but yeah, kind of just I think the the last thing I wanted to touch on before we moved into the spoiler uh, full section, which is for me, I think the thing I like the most about it is I think there's a lot of times between seasons of shows where like the pickup you don't always get right back into it right away, and I think like mm-hmm. the fact that every episode of Archie is is called like chapter whatever, like this was chapter uh, fourteen, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, 14. Um, It felt that way for me. You know, it was like the show hadn't skipped a beat, and it was like, yeah, we're picking up with narration between where we left off and where we picked up, but it's literally like moments later, and getting that tiny little gap of time filled in for us was like what the whole episode is basically about, and it was like super satisfying, I thought. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I would also agree with that. Cool. Uh, any other closing thoughts before we move into our spoiler discussion? Get ready. Uh, stuff happens in this in this episode. So, I mean, aside from just resolving the the season one cliffhanger, uh, sure. stuff happens. So, like, you guys are going to be excited. Yeah, there's some, like, really major threads dropped for what this season is all about. Um, and the... Uh, I'll give you a little a little teaser here, but the um, the angel of death of Riverdale, as it were. So uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to this season, and I'm so happy that it's twice as many episodes. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for the Riverdale season two finale. If you're listening to this in the future, the river or the angel of death is Marco. Actually, <gasps> I can confirm that. <laughs> bum bum bum. <laughs> Marco also shot JR for all you Dallas watchers out there. <laughs> and he also shot Caleb Redpair. <laughs> yep. Those references went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Marco's Captain America as well. <laughs> the Nazi Captain America. No! Oh, God. All right. Well, if Sean was here, he'd like that. So. <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, again, now we're going to jump into our spoiler full section of the show. So if you haven't watched the season premiere, um, now's your chance to get out before we ruin it for you. Uh, we'll see you next week. And hopefully, I mean, if it, it, unless you come back and listen to it after you've watched the episode, which we greatly appreciate. Unless you're my girlfriend who like lives for these things, like she, she'd rather read the end of the, the episode and then watch it. So if you're You'll one see. of those people, like, <laughs> hey, stick along. Yeah, if you're the kind of person who wants to have the end spoiled for you just so you can kind of you know, get prepared for it. I guess we'll walk you through Emotionally. it. <laughs> um, okay, so I think the first thing I wanted to ta- um, to touch on, right, is I think, you know, so the show opens in typical Riverdale fashion. We've got Jughead narrating over, you know, 
the series events and and kind of catching us up to you know the little tiny bit of of time that we've we've lost between uh, episodes thirteen and fourteen. Um, but specifically, he he calls Riverdale haunted, right? I think he he said he says it's a haunted town, and um, that's something I I wanted to kind of discuss with you guys because it we have a, a few pieces of news that have come out between uh, the end of season one and the start of season two that I wonder what that means if if that's like supposed to be a hint to the future there. Hmm. So. The first thing being, um, a lot of people have probably seen the headlines around the show that season two was supposed to be a lot like darker, right? And um, I recently read an interview with uh, Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead, in case you don't know, um, who said that this season definitely veers into like a more horror vibe, but that it's definitely like that quote darker is like doing it a disservice. Um, that that like doesn't really accurately describe the tonal shift, and. Um, I think we saw that a little bit um, in some of the the nightmare sequences with Mr. Andrews, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I also wanted to touch on um, some tweets from, uh, forgive me for this pronunciation, but Roberto Aguirre Sacasa? Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. All right, there we go. Thank you, Marco. (laughs) Got you, buddy. So he's got two particular tweets that I wanted to call out here. Um... Because we've gotten kind of like hints over the over time that that Sabrina would be coming at some point, and yeah. whether that was an appearance in Riverdale or as like a sister show, uh, we're not we haven't really totally known. But there was we confirmation finally, last month of a sister show, right? Yeah, I, I think we okay. did finally get that confirmation. Um, and one of the tweets was was showing uh, actually a spec script for episode one, um, and he wrote this was. Um, on October 3rd, and he said, perfect project for October as the hashtag Riverdale family expands and nine days to, to premiere night. And then earlier in September, uh, we got a tweet, um, which we'll link to these down below. Um, that's uh, it's It's got a panel from a comic uh, that I believe this is from the most recent Sabrina run, right, right, right Marco? Yeah. Yeah, that's from um, his, his Sabrina run, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Right. Um, which seems to be a major inspiration for the new show. Hope so. And um, it, it's it's got this caption. It's 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 talking about um, basically, you know, it, it is Sabrina is our little one ready to go. And then he says, not not yet, ladies, but very very soon. Hashtag Riverdale. Hashtag Greendale. Hashtag Church of Night. Hashtag something wicked this way comes. Hashtag and a and a child shall lead them. So this has some people speculating that we might have some kind of a Sabrina crossover. Um, because it's obviously like being hinted that it's going to be in the same universe as Riverdale. Um, we have gotten, you know, word that from Cole, at least that we might be moving into like a horror setting. So do you guys think there's any truth to this? Or do you think this is just alluding to the fact that these are going to be loosely set in the same universe? Is it going to be the same universe where nobody has lights on the inside of a building? It took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> I'm pumped for it. Like anything horror y um or horror esque. Um I'm a I'm a fan of. Uh the Sabrina comics have been absolutely incredible. So if they could bring like a tinge of that to to this series to television, dude, I'm I'm excited for it. Um as to whether or not they're gonna cross over with Riverdale, um I we we were talking about the show uh, before the show, Pete. Like how it was like 
the show's already campy enough, and like bringing this magic element into it, like, I don't know where it'll, I don't know how to, it'll it'll blend, it'll mesh. I feel like Sabrina should be its own separate thing, or if they do sort of mix it, like they already. Wait, are we in spoilers yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So then, like they mentioned Greendale. Uh, yeah, like at, that's at the, obviously going to be a plot point in this season of Riverdale. Right. So that's what's so, so interesting to me. So I I don't know like how they're gonna they're gonna fit that in, and I don't know what direction the Sabrina show might take. Um, but I mean, I'm excited either way. Like I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how they handle it, and um, I'm excited to see uh, like a different version of Sabrina. Me too. Yeah. I think that Riverdale's one of those shows, for me at least, that is so far, it's running this like perfect high wire act that I will go on record as saying I have no idea how long they can keep it up. Where it like, it's so campy, but it takes itself so damn seriously, and that's what <laughs> I love about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know. Um, if Sabrina does that too, I don't know if that's the right tone for Sabrina. I haven't read this most recent run. But, like, if it doesn't do that, I don't know how it can exist in the same universe, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. And that's what's so interesting to me is, like, I wonder if Sabrina's presence in the show could be something as simple as her being in it and not, and no one from Riverdale knowing that she's a witch. And having the whole Sabrina side of things, you know, like, be similar to how the original show was, which is that, like, basically nobody knows. And, like, their town is normal and there's not, like... Oh, Greendale's the supernatural town right next to Riverdale where there's all the murder stuff happening, you know, like, but I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I mean, I've, you know, I, I really love Riverdale, man. And like the fact that I am so into it is so surprising to me. So I'm, I'm down for them to give it a, you know, a shot at the very least and, you know, and see how I feel about it. Yeah. All right. So with that out of the way, let's get into the meat of this episode, which was, you know, very much centered around the fate of Fred Andrews, which, spoiler alert, he, he made it through. Thank God. Everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, but as I, I kind of teased before, I, I thought something that was really interesting to me were these dream sequences that he had throughout the episode. You know, these these like nightmare sequences about, you know, him, I, I right, seemingly being pulled towards the light, towards, you know, death, um, and him, like, getting away from that but they all had this very like kind of just strange vibe i thought mm -hmm. yeah and it's not like riverdale is um a stranger to like eeriness or weirdness or anything like that but it definitely felt like distinctly tonally different from other things that we've seen in the show what did you guys think about them i'm glad you brought that up actually like regarding like the tone of it because that was I, I thought the those like nightmare scenarios were were um they were an interesting like addition to it and they added like an element of um like constant worry to the episode they made it a little bit heavy like a bit heavier but the one thing that bothered me was each one sort of had a different tone in itself like each one from a from a from a directorial standpoint like each one was was so different and it sort of like you would go from one scenario and like it'd be it'd be super dark it'd be uh, a, a different kind of capturing a different kind of moment and they didn't they weren't like cohesive they, they didn't feel like they were all part of the same shared 
dream sequence, sort of. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. And so for me, it, I, I found that a little bit disruptive, but I did appreciate them trying to take that um, sort of surrealist tone. And I thought, I thought specifically the last one where it was the wedding and everybody was in kilts and there was like yeah. bagpipe music. I was like, this like seems so like bright compared to the other three. That, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's a little weird. There's one scenario where you play Amazing Grace on bagpipes, and it's not a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, which I guess like was appropriate, right, for like the dichotomy yeah. of like the the dreams he kept having. I thought it was interesting how many of his dreams like wrapped around Archie and Veronica. Yeah, which could be like and, and then like, alluding to something in the future. That could be foreshadowing, for all we know. Or maybe like a projection of like his own relationship with her mother. You know, like oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was pretty interesting too. But it could also just be as simple as like. He looks at all the major moments in his life of, you know, like, he'll have someone by his side, right? Like, of getting, graduating, it was like, it was her, but it was also with the rest of his friends, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, what are the natural steps that you watch your child kind of go through? Or they grow yeah. up, they take over the business, they get married, they have their own family, and, you know, that's the the woman he's with right now, or girl, I guess. Um, you know when when they that that scene you mentioned where the bagpipes when when they started when the robber started like walking over to them my first reaction was is she irish what's up with that <laughs> i was thinking that too i was like i mean i guess like andrews is an irish name he's like a ginger kid I guess? so like it makes sense i guess but I'm like have to consult phil on that yeah, I I was like I was surprised by how Irish their wedding was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah. Just, I don't know. Apparently, uh, Fred Andrews is a devoutly Irish Catholic man. <laughs> I mean, he has the guilt for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving along from um, you know that that aspect of it, right? I mean, like we said, Fred pulls through. Everything looks good, you know. So I'm sure his recovery will be. Uh, an ongoing theme in the the rest of this this season, or at least for part of it. But um, you know, we also got some more face time with some of the other parents in Riverdale, who are all terrible people. <laughs> can can confirm. Yeah, like I think uh, arguably my least favorite of them, uh, Alice Cooper, was still a living nightmare. Betty's mom, but uh, she managed to be like decent for like one scene, so that was nice. It's like, I know that the way Riverdale started, but, but like, Alice Cooper is not Hermione Lodge. <laughs> Alright, well, I mean, that's, let's talk about Hermione Lodge. Yeah, just like, the long slide continues. Yeah, and, like, god, she was, like, scary. Like, that one scene- at Got the scene in, like, the chapel? That was so unsettling. <laughs> That was like, damn, these get Riverdale has some of the best directors on television and probably the best like color designer. It's so ridiculous. It's so good. Yeah, the color theory in the show is so good. That that moment was just like I, I love that we like finally saw the horns come out, you know? Yeah. That like we've been alluding to the fact that like she's more sinister than she's yeah. let on. And like she finally was just like, you know what? You're right, but step back in line was just like, oh shit! All right, Eddie, they're like, what are you implying? I killed him. <laughs> I should slap you. 
but I'm not a violent person. It's like, what, what a line, dude. What a line. Yeah, so I mean, like, I have to say, like, one of my main standouts for this was just, like, God, Veronica is just still, like, Bay, best character. Like, I like her, like, whole beef with her mom, and then now Hiram, who's, like, finally fucking rearing his ugly head after all that buildup, is just, like, oh, my God, it sustains me. Veronica, the best. Marco, I have to ask yep. you, as a as a young Hispanic man who constantly tells me that you would never be able to stand up to your parents, how did it seem, what was it like <laughs> for you to see Veronica get to live out your deepest power fantasy? Dude, I was getting, I was getting sweats. <laughs> it was, it was intense. There was like, like I got like a warm, tingly feeling, um, like <laughs> coming up from my toes. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to react. Uh, probably the way that millions of young boys did across the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Fap. <laughs> I wasn't gonna take it exactly there, but all right. Okay. <laughs> You know what? Speaking of which, I have more to say about Veronica, but I'm going to take that as the opportunity to segue into this conversation, which is, uh, so pff, we're we're episode one in. We already got plenty of plenty of good fan service on this episode, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, beginning of oh, the yeah. episode, we get a fucking nice pan shot of Veronica in bed, and then we get her and Archie in the shower later on, which goes from being like this very like contemplative like i'm literally washing my father's yeah. blood off of me to Dude, it was see. shot really well too like like yeah. i was gonna comment like hey, i was like so so I, I texted um we have a group chat and like i, I messaged pete and i'm like I, I i just go yo i'm 15 minutes in get it archie kins right <laughs> but but inside when when i saw her disrupt that like really nice scene of him in the shower like the blood draining i was like dude like is this the right time? I'm trying to watch like like the director got a good shot. Like let him let him play with that, man. <laughs> I'm trying to watch some art here. Yeah. So, not going to lie. I thought most of that scene was really well done and I liked where it went as a story beat. Mhm. But it bothered me so much that Veronica's hair stayed perfect and she kept her pearls on to get in the shower with Archie. <laughs> <laughs> I had the exact same thought. I was like, take off the pearls, honey. You're getting in the shower. <laughs> um, th- these g- these characters are like 18, right? They're not just making me like watch. Like, sh- should I feel uncomfortable watching these scenes? I don't know, actually, because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember if it's their senior year, is it? Yeah, I don't know. This is like I feel like I was thinking about this actually during the episode. It it, it feels like very like Dawson's Creek to me, where it's like, yeah, it's gross, but like everybody's in their twenties. Who cares? It's like Joe like twenty five. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cold Sprouse is Cole Sprouse, not Cold Sprouse. He's not Cold Mr. Sprouse. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cole Sprouse is older than us. Like. Yeah, I think I think he's like twenty six or twenty five. So he's either like exactly our age or a little bit older than us. Um, I know the I know the rest of the cast is like a few years younger than him though. Like I know um Lily Reinhardt who plays Betty like just turned twenty one and I think Oh damn, Cole Sprouse is like exactly my age almost. Okay. Yeah. I'm like a week older. Sounds about right. Uh so speaking of of uh Jug, uh Andy Brown, I believe when we were talking about this off mic, he, he sent me a message that said that Jughead was a goddamned national treasure. 
So would you care to elaborate on that, my friend? Oh my god, I Preach. love. I like. Everybody projects himself onto an Archie character. Full disclosure, and I've always been a drughead. <laughs> um, but I love like the vision they've had for him in this series. I love Cole Sprouse. I think it's the most wonderful and ridiculous thing. Just everything about him, like the most overly dramatic shot of like you know supporting character I've ever seen in a thing was Cole Sprouse whipping the tarp off his motorcycle. Oh my god, I was like, <laughs> there was like multiple moments where I literally just like clutched my chest. I was just like, <gasps> it's like oh, like I'm literally <laughs> swooning over this like guy. I was just like, he's such a heartthrob. Like these moments are just so well crafted, you know. <laughs> he's such a heartthrob. The like everything's so good. That one scene where him and Betty are at Pops, and Pops like. You want something to eat? And Betty's like, oh no, I just like watched a man, you know, in surgery, trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah, I can eat. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that took me out of it for a second. It was like super serious. And then it got like, like what? Jughead? Burgers? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I love yeah. it too, because it's the second time he does that in that scene too. Because there's like the part where Pops is going on that like really like dark monologue and that's where like we get that thing of like the angel of death has come to Riverdale and he's just like jeez Pops you sound like one of those guys in the like fucking slasher movies like yeah, lighten yeah. up a little bit man <laughs> and like to hear Jughead tell someone to lighten up is like fucking hilarious this town's <laughs> goddamn haunted <laughs> <laughs> lighten up and give me a cheeseburger Pop <laughs> I like how also like everybody everybody's sort of trying to take like the logical approach towards like what happened and Jughead's first reaction is it was a hit somebody's after them and then he was right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like something's fishy in this town something's always fishy in this town <laughs> <laughs> listen like 20 years from now when Cole Sprouse is 45 and they're remaking Twin Peaks I would watch Cole Sprouse as Dale Cooper Dude, okay. like, yeah. I really, I really hope that this catapults him into stardom because I've, I'll watch him do anything. I, I was a big Sweet Life of Zack and Cody <laughs> fan as a, as a youth, and I love seeing the guy get but, work. But where do you fall on Sweet Life on deck? Never watched it. I was, I had it aged was out of good. it. I had aged out of it by that point. I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> um, but speaking of Jug, I did want to like call out to just one or two like other. Um, things about him before we move on to some of the other characters, but uh, I-, I loved his little call out to uh, <laughs> when he was talking about Archie like saving people's lives, and he called him Pure Heart the Powerful. And I was like, that's the name of the ep- an episode if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if the episode called Pure Heart the Powerful is the one where Archie beats a guy to death with that baseball bat. <laughs> oh my God, that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Oh man, um, and uh, I just I I also wanted to like ask you guys, uh, which this will take us into our conversation about about him and Betty. Where do you where are you guys landing with Jughead's relationship with the serpents, and how how do you think that's going to develop over the season? Because I think you know we got the explanation from him that he saw his connection to them as being motivated to wanting to like you know feel close to his father and like you know 
to appease them to some degree, which is something that, like, Betty seemed to doubt. Um, but then, you know, near the end of the episode, we get this realization that, like, he is way further in into this world than he thinks. I got, and I mean this in a good way, like, before it turned to trash, I got serious Sons of Anarchy vibes from, like, everything about Jughead and the Serpents. <laughs> okay. Like, that whole reluctantly, like, I don't know, not quite realizing what he's getting into felt mm-hmm. right for the character, felt like, it was a nice reminder that, like, these are still kids. Yeah, they're they're naive to an extent. They're naive to an extent that, like, yeah, he thinks that, like, oh, the biker gang was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're always here if you need us. And doesn't think that's going to come with any consequences. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that, like, he he sort of, he's in over his head and when he first reaches out for that favor, he doesn't know like what the ask really is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like he takes them saying that they're going to go knock a few heads around as like, I think, you know, either something that's not serious or something that he's not going to have to like get his hands dirty with. Mm -hmm. And when it shows up in his, you know, living room, that's a way different story. Yeah. Yeah. So, ultimately, how do you guys think that that is going to impact his relationship with Betty? Betty's into it. You think so? No. (laughs) 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 Sorry, guys. We're trying to create good content. (laughs) Because it's it's interesting, man. Because I think on some level, right, like, she's making excuses for him. She says that she's okay with him needing to explore this side of himself or whatever, and I think she means that, but I think if she saw what he saw, that would be, again, a way different conversation. I think it's really telling that the the scene with the like guys in his house happened right after the, I trust your judgment, do what you think is right scene. Yeah. I, that was a little, you know, on the nose maybe, but it was good. It was telling for their relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it played well. It it sets up arcs and places for them to go this season. Which is great, but also fucking terrifying, because, like, I know that they're going to break them apart, and that is something I'm so afraid of. I'm so, uh, like, I've never been as into a ship as I am for the two of them. <laughs> like, their relationship means a lot to me. Like, <laughs> I need to make sure they're safe. Hashtag I, Bughead. Hashtag Bughead, Bughead for life. Or Jetty. <laughs> no, I'm into Bughead, dude. Yeah, but I'm a, I like I hated Bughead the first time I heard it, and now I'm so like pro. Is that like the Hollow Knight X Cuphead crossover? Check out the video game, pals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we take it back to uh, Veronica, who I want to talk a little bit more about because um, there was a lot of a lot for Veronica to chew on this episode, but um, I did want to just give a quick shout out to uh, Cheryl Blossom who never fails to steal a scene. Yeah. Cheryl Blossom, who is fucking scary. <laughs> She's so terrifying. And, like, her personality is like, grown on me in such a major yeah. way. <laughs> it's like, she's fun. In a Just way that, that, like, a lot of villains don't get to be these days. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, she feels like, she reminds me of... In, I'm gonna take you on a walk, so stick with me here. She reminds me of Deadpool 
in the way that like she's basically a villain but like she's also like pally with all the main characters and like is kind of likable in her own way even though she's also a fucking monster i get that i get that i'm gonna make a bold prediction for later this season to throw it back to our earlier conversation about like sabrina and what do we do how do we get into that whole thing and we're going to greendale so like what is it i think cheryl blossom is going to be our entry point into riverdale's paranormal side because she's a witch (laughs) yeah i could see that there is a a fan theory bopping around that mrs cooper might also be a a member of sabrina's family or something like that but i think that's just because she's blonde (laughs) (laughs) she is also terrible don't forget that one that's a good point Um, but yeah, so I, I did just, like, want to call it a specific attention to that first scene with Cheryl, where, like, she's just walking, and she's in that ridiculous all-white outfit, and it's, like, slow-mo for no reason for a second, and then she's just like, oh, hi! Yeah, my house burned down, what's up? Like, <laughs> it's just so, like, it's so perfect. <laughs> she scares me in the most wonderful way. <laughs> she's, like, just the greatest wild card. If it, like, if somewhere down the line, like, it turns out she set her house on fire, cut a hole in this thing, and went to shoot Artie's dad, like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, actually, before we move on to talking about who shot Archie's dad, uh, I did want to just touch on a little bit more on Veronica um, and Archie to, to a degree. Um, because I think they together, uh, like, we, we teased in our spoiler-free section, uh, the two of them together both, I think, showed a lot of growth this episode. Archie, mostly through the strength of the situation he was placed in and the writing of the episode, um, Veronica more in, I think, how we're seeing her grow as a character. You know, we've heard her talk a lot about the old Veronica and, you know, just the kind of person she used to be when um, she was a rich socialite living in a city. And, uh, you know, she says that she unsurprisingly struggles with things like being there for a boyfriend and things like grief and stuff like that. So this was an episode where I kind of anticipated friction in their relationship when obviously Archie is dealing with this very tough time and maybe Veronica wouldn't handle it well, right? Those are That's the kind of beat we were set up for. And um, a subtle subversion of that, right, was we see he asks her to leave and we see her decide like, no. You know, I'm 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 going to make the mature decision and choose to stay here and try to be here for this person when I know that they need me, even though they're trying to push me away. Um, so that I thought was uh, a pretty re- pretty relevant character beat for her, you know, and like we've we've been seeing her build in this direction for a long time, and uh, it's nice to see that the character is not done growing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think the um of the like the core gang of Archie characters. Um, Veronica's the easiest one to just, like set up an arc for because I feel like I've seen or read so many Archie stories that are like, and everything changed the day Veronica showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's easy to have her like doing that fish out of water, adjusting to the new town, adjusting to the new life. Yeah. Thing. And it's it's good to see that like now that they've gotten her integrated, they still have places for her to go. Yeah, I agree, and that like she that it wasn't like uh, an overnight switch of just like oh I have nice friends now I'm a totally different person you know because yeah. that's not realistic right like 
it, it right. does feel like, like she's a real person trying to work on herself. Yeah, yeah, it's like a thing she like had to struggle with and realize that like only I can decide to be, you know, a good girlfriend. I can't have Betty do that for me. Right, right. <laughs> um yeah, and then I guess Betty's the last character that we really kind of have to touch on because I mean Kevin gets like two lines in this episode. Um and he was there. Yeah, right. He was present. Uh but yeah, Betty doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. All, a lot of her stuff is kind of just being a friend to Veronica and yeah, she, you know like, she bounced around between the other three's arcs like stories. Yeah. And that's fine. That's like mm-hmm. it's giving everybody like their own thing to do would have been a little much for this episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and when you look at it realistically, the biggest problem in Betty's life right now is what's going on with Jughead. So yeah. Like, it's kind of okay, I think, that she's taking a backseat, because, I mean, so much of the first season is about her and what's going on with her, you know? Her, yeah. Especially and her in the, family and her secret history. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. And, like, and even in the beginning of the show, like, before we get into the real meat of it, like, Betty is very much our point of view character in the very beginning of this show, you know? Yep. Like, because we said, like, Archie feels very bland and, like, things are just happening to him, like... Betty's the character that really has weight for us in the first few episodes, and she has the biggest arc of the whole first season. So the fact that she's kind of playing supporting role to, you know, the actual supposed to be main character of the show for once, uh, I don't think is a bad thing. And, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot more for her to do in the episodes to come. You know, that struck a thought with me is, do you think each season's going to sort of like revolve around certain characters? Like, we, you could you could make the argument that season one was very much a Betty focused season, like around her her situation. Like even though it was about like the murder of of Jason, it was very much a, a story about um, just Betty's life and Betty's uh, the relationship between Betty and like the Blossoms. And then this season, we're going to see more of Archie, just from what we've seen in the first episode. Do you think this is going to be like the Archie season then? it's possible i think as easy as it is to say that it was a a betty season because there are a lot of beats that are focused on her i feel like uh you know jughead has a super big arc in the first season that hasn't really been finished yet Mm -hmm. either yeah um and you know archie has kind of like two or three little weird fractured arcs that don't really amount to much so I don't know, like, that there'll be necessarily one character who's, like, the focus, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do kind of have one character ground the overall story, and I think it is going to be Archie this time around, because, like, we've clearly set up that, like, the big thing is that somebody's out to get him and people close to him, and he's obviously, like, staying up at night waiting for it now. So, I I think it is probably going to be a little more focused on his world uh, this time around. I hope you're right, but I will believe that they tell long-term stories with Archie when they do it. Good point. After season one. Um, yeah. Also, really glad that, like, we didn't get a scene of Archie whipping out his guitar in the hospital while his dad's in a coma. Yeah, my god. That was, that, I was, like, so afraid something like that was going to happen. I was ready for it. Yeah. It's like... Does that is this is this the musical hour? Like, do we have? To, should I whip out my guitar and start singing like a song? Like, should I do that? Too late, I'm doing it. Okay. No, don't, Marco. Stop. 
Oh, Archie. God. <clears throat> Archie ass motherfucker. <clears throat> Pete, this is the theme song of the show now. <laughs> oh my god. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, uh my rendition of uh Archie uh uh, uh being sad. Hey there, Mr. Andrews. <laughs> Please don't die. <laughs> You're like my dad or whatever. I would be sad and cry. <laughs> that was beautiful, that was Marco. Beautiful. <laughs> lovely, lovely Thank stuff. Thank um, you. I was inspired by Archie. I think <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think that has to be the theme song. Uh, all right guys so before we get out of here uh i just kind of want to ask you guys one last open-ended question which is who is the shooter wait do we think it's is it is oh no go ahead if i may i was gonna um, prod you but if you've got a theory hit me i I don't have a theory i'm just gonna say we forgot to talk about like the big twist at the end Oh, we mentioned all the other. Oh, shit, that's right. But that's a good we didn't point. talk yeah. about Miss Grundy getting killed with her stupid cello. Yeah. Oh, that was yep. a segue musical section. There you go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, she gets choked with her cello bow. She got got. And uh, I mean, so that's the thing, right? Is like now we know that this guy is definitely targeting people who are close to Archie for whatever reason. Yeah. And uh, that raises all kinds of questions. And also that she's a serial sexual predator. Yeah, that's true. That's they just true. let her walk away, which is, like, super crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so it's, like, for a long time I was thinking that it was somebody that Hiram had sent. And then that happened, and I was kind of like, oh. Now, I don't, now I'm not so sure. Yeah, like, it has to be somebody who, like, it had to be somebody who knew about Mrs. Grundy. And there's only so many characters that know about it. I forget his name, but I really think it's Betty's dad. Dude, that'd be crazy. I honestly think like it. There's a really good chance it is one of the Coopers because like, who else knows? You know, it's like yeah. it was it was Archie's dad. Well, obviously, it wasn't him. Mrs. Cooper, and then the kids, right? And then like the school, but maybe Hermione found out because she's the devil possible yeah i mean i i don't Didn't know what know? to think that's the thing like we don't I really did. know and like the thing is like there's also the threat of like the, the the serpent said that the guy who was getting who they went and beat up was bragging about how it was hermione that had paid him off to do it and they beat him up and figured out that that wasn't true so i guess that takes hermione and hire him off the table but then or who the fuck is it? Or yeah, or does it, right? Like, who knows? But that seems to be what they want us to think based yeah. on those two pieces of evidence. And I don't know if that's because they genuinely want us to take them off the list or... I Knowing this show, Archie and Archie's dad and Pop were there at the shooting. So they're the only people I can definitively rule out. Like, I would not put it past Riverdale at all to have it be like, it was Betty. <laughs> it was dark Betty. It would, it'd be a shame if they, if it wasn't a character we, we weren't at least tangentially, like, 
related to like like it, at least one that we didn't know about like if they just pull out some rando it's kind of gonna be it's i feel like it's gonna fall flat evan um, was really upset the rest of the cast were having adventures without him <laughs> <laughs> it's joaquin <laughs> i mean could be nah i'm pretty sure this guy was white seems like a white person thing to do yeah <laughs> um <laughs> you're right you're right uh, yeah right i mean <laughs> um so yeah i mean any any closing thoughts any theories on who this is or because i honestly don't, i don't know um i got no idea i'm just here for the ride same no i was no clue i was more about what this episode represented at least to me in terms of it being like the first archie episode and yeah. like the first time archie actually got to do stuff and the the sort of horror movie joy the director took in the like killing Miss Grundy scene, which was at least in my book the worst arc of last season. It was just like it made me uncomfortable and not in an interesting way. Yeah, like, and it was never really resolved. Made me think about yeah, anything. They just dropped yeah, it. it's just like yeah. they realized it was dumb and then wrote her off the show. Basically, yeah, yeah. and then and then like they literally wrote her off the show yeah. in, in on this episode. And, like, killing her dead, to me, felt like putting that all behind us. And I was really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, okay, that's the final nail in that coffin, right? Like, it's done. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Wasn't that a weird thing we did? <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, fine. Like, I guess, you know, it's like, I, I agree. I definitely think that was the weakest thread of the first uh, season. And just, like weird how it was handled considering how many other well-executed plot threads there are for literally every other character you know like every other character has a pretty good arc except archie who just has a bunch of weird little side stories like except archie who voted present (laughs) all right guys so i think that's gonna wrap up the discussion here for season two episode one of uh of riverdale here on the riverdale review if you guys want to let us know your thoughts you can uh, let us know in the comments below on you know soundcloud or youtube you can send us an email at the pals at gmail.com uh, or hit or follow the comics pals anywhere on social media and you know let us know your thoughts over there and uh we'll read them on the air you know if you've got some some thoughts you've got theories you've got you know just you want to talk about your favorite characters whatever let us know we'd love to hear your thoughts yeah, and uh, get on the conversation live tweet episodes Ooh, that'd, that'd be a fun some, thing. That means oh, somebody yeah. has to watch the episodes on Wednesdays when they air. But that's true. <laughs> I think we could pull that off. Um, yeah. So just yeah, let us know. Become part of the conversation and let us know what you're thinking about Riverdale as well, and uh, what you're looking forward to for the rest of season two. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on the Riverdale Review. Thanks for having me, pals. This was a blast. I'll be around when I can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have you back a couple times this season uh, if you're around for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Bye. I guess. <laughs> Check please. All right, pop. Money's on the table. <laughs>